Today, we're sitting down with Jazz Takar, a real estate broker, a sales strategist, a business operator, and podcast host who's been helping several hundreds of families across the greater Toronto market in purchasing their homes, but more importantly, has been creating leadership within his own organization, has been making a massive impact, helping companies and individuals create content and education for their audiences. In today's episode, Rich and I really go through the three keys to success in life, but also three keys to success as a sales strategist. We look forward to having this conversation and having you learn a little bit more about this essence, this pure DNA, hard work, hard-nosed effort that Jazz Takar brings to entrepreneurism. Jazz, thanks for joining us on the Entrepreneurs United podcast. We've been looking forward to meeting with you and speaking with you. Love looking at your background from what you've done in real estate, all the families you've impacted, the number of transactions you've done, the team, the size of the team you have with over 55 realtors, but then also starting a media company. There's so much going on here. Before we get to what you're doing today, I really want you to walk us back through your entrepreneurial roots. Take us all the way back to you know, your beginnings as an entrepreneur, maybe as, as, as you were growing up and, and how you got, you know, get, came on this path and journey to where you are today. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Um, but for me, I always wanted, like, I knew I was going to be in the, in the sales and service industry. In fact, I actually thought as a 12 year old, I was going to be selling newspapers for the rest of my life because that's the first time that I got a taste of, of getting paid for something that a, I enjoyed to do. Um, but B, I like, I actually loved the fact that I got to meet a bunch of people by knocking on doors, asking them to subscribe to newspapers. But the second I got paid for it, I was like, oh, this is game over. Like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But within about two, three years, just like anything else, I needed a new challenge. I went into selling shoes and for some of your older listeners, they'll get the joke of the fact that it wasn't the Al Bundy type of shoes that I was selling. It was more helping uh, uh, marathon runners and sprinters. And then I went into the banking industry for about three years in the sales and service uh, aspect of like when telephone banking and internet banking started um, selling cars at 19 for about three years. But then 17 years ago is when I knew that the, the, the jump that I wanted to make was to the to, to the place where, you know, the average person, the biggest purchase that they'll ever make in their life is a home or a condo or some type of investment in real estate. I knew I needed to see if I can conquer that. Um, and that's why I made the jump to, to real estate. I didn't really think I was going to be building out a team and, 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 and starting another business, something that you mentioned in the intro there. Um, I just wanted to be a sales guy with no any type of ceiling, right? What, what, what always attracted me to the sales industry was the fact that there was no ceiling. There's nobody who can tell me at any point that you can only make so much. And that was something that pulled me towards this industry. What I came to learn is the fact that, wow, to really take this to the next level, if I can get some people that are bought in at the same level that I am at, and 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 that's going to be really the best way to scale, I got to do that as quickly as possible. That's when I started to grow up the team. Um, and then obviously another business that came out of the real estate uh, company as well. That's fantastic. So to, to yeah, kind of bring it back full circle, you are always on the go, right? Selling newspapers, selling cars, like let's go, uh, you know, trying to really hustle to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this thing happen? But I want to come back to what you're doing now today. So today you have a very large real estate enterprise, I believe, with many uh, realtors that are under your kind of uh, leadership. 
Uh, you've also started a media company. I'd like to understand why you did that. I think I have a good inkling as to why you did that. But tell us a little bit more about your current operations today, the current size of it, the current size of your team, what you're trying to accomplish with your media company. Like, where are you going, Jazz? Well, first and foremost, with the with the real estate company, we have 54 agents that that uh, are are on our team right now. Say, our team, myself, and my business partner. Um, and within the real estate organization, um, we also have a leadership structure. So you have the two co-founders, and then you have a, a a VP, a director of team operations, and a director of concierge services. Um, and then the 54 agents, and then we have about four admin staff um, in the real estate team. I'm very very blessed, grateful, proud um, of those 54 agents because we we collectively get to help a little over 700 families every single year with the process of buying, selling, or investing. And, and that for your listeners and viewers is not to impress them. It's to impress upon them where this all this data is coming from. Why am I even on this podcast? Why am I even talking about entrepreneurship? Because it didn't start out there. Like that's not, we didn't have 54 agents. We weren't helping 700 families, but we are there now and it came with a lot of hard work perseverance and and really discipline at the end of the day four years ago i heard a i heard the word called podcast had no idea what it was i went on to google googled it and said what the heck is this word and it's like oh okay you can it's almost like an on-demand radio show essentially and you can being of east indian descent my mother negotiating over apples back home when i heard it was free and i can distribute it right across the world on the itunes and the spotify's and the fact that I didn't need to be on camera, because that's not something that I was comfortable with four years ago, I knew this was going to be the medium that I was going to choose to start to control the narrative of, of real estate, like the buying, selling, and investing uh, process of real estate to my clients. I was going to use podcasting as the medium. What then happened about a year in, I got some big interviews. It just just me being who I am as a salesperson and following up and reaching out to people, not really taking no as an answer. It's more of like not yet kind of thing. Um, I got a, I got a bunch of big guests and my team around me was like, well, dude, we got to put this on camera. So I started to put it on camera, brought that, 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 that footage back. A guy in my office um, who's with me still, he's my creative director. He's like, well, not sure if you understand, but we can chop this up, meaning we can put it into little pieces three, four clips out of the 30 minute conversation. Oh, by the way, I can maybe do some like quote overlays for you. Like meaning like you took some pictures, I'll put some images together. Oh, we can also take the writing, uh, sorry, the audio file and put that into uh, a software that spits out all of um, uh, everything that was said. And now we can put it out as a blog. So my mind was blown at this point. Like, I was like, wow, I did one 30 minute conversation. I got 15 pieces of content. This is awesome. So I started to put out 15 pieces of content a day on all the platforms. My 54 agent team is under an organization that consists of 1,500. There's 1,500 under the umbrella of, of a company called Royal LePage uh, uh, Signature here all these other agents in my office. And then it started to slowly reach out to others in the city. There's 76,000 real estate agents in, in the greater Toronto area. So there's a big pool of prospects. They started to call me and ask me, how are you doing all this? Can, can you like do this for us? I was like, well, I have no appetite to do this for you, but here's what I did. Like I literally put a, a 23, 29 page guide out, 
for free. I didn't charge anybody. I, I had no, no thoughts of starting another company. I had my own, I had so many headaches with the real estate company. I had no appetite for another one. And especially in client service. Right. And so, um, but then I got asked too many times. I, it, it almost was slapping me in my face. My VP in my real estate company has a back, she has an MBA in marketing and branding. She's telling me every time she goes to the bathroom, all the women in the bathroom are asking her, how, are, how have that, how's that guy jazz been doing that? She's a, that VP helped me kind of start it and and do a lot of the legwork at the start and and then I said listen let's let let's try this for a couple of agents we did it for a couple of agents and then that turned into five and ten and fifteen and now we're about 25 30 agents on a monthly basis come to us and and real estate agents specifically only right now um, come to us to help them create content wow you if I go back through the number of things you've been involved with. You went from newspapers to shoes, to banking, to cars, to real estate, to now podcasts and marketing. One of the quotes I was thinking of while I was listening to you that I think you embody is, is one door closes, the other one opens. There's another one that opens. But part of the problem with that is so many people in that phrase focus on the closed door and mourn about the lost opportunity and don't focus enough on what door has just opened. It occurs to me, you're a master through your career of recognizing the next open door when it presents itself to you. If that resonates for you, I'd love to hear your take on it because that's that's the feeling I was getting as I was listening to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never really even thought about it from that perspective. So I appreciate that. Um, but it definitely resonates with me. In fact, if I think back to, 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 to those times that you mentioned, newspapers, shoe sales, banking, car sales, real estate, and now media, other than real estate, all the other times, it was about a two and a half to three year period minimum two and a half years, and then up to upwards to about three years that I spent in each of those places. So it wasn't like it was a six-month stint. It wasn't like something that I just tried, didn't like it. And I think that's important because at that time of about two and a half, three, three years, I started to get this pit in my stomach. Like I knew something was wrong. I knew I wasn't either challenged um, or, or I just wasn't having fun anymore. And so my brain now, like looking back, as, as we all know, hindsight's twenty twenty. my brain just started to look for those new opportunities. The opportunities always existed. The bank was always there. The car dealerships were always there. Those, those jobs were always there. But I always point to the front part of the brain, which is the RAS, the RAS, reticular activator system, where that I actually turned it on because I knew that there was something missing. Then my brain starts to look for the opportunity. Like when you buy a, a red, a brand new red car, you see red new red cars all over this place. You pregnant women see pregnant women all the time. They're all there before, but now our brains turned on to it. That once I started to realize like, okay, this using your words now, that door was closing. I started to look for all the open doors around me. And, and then I was able to just choose luckily enough for me. And I, I, I like, I won the lottery back when I was born because the family that I was just born in, like a very, not a, like, you know, my father was a taxi driver. My mother was a factory worker their whole life, grade four and grade eight educations, but they get, like poured me with love till this day. And so I think I won the lottery back then, but I really also won the lottery with the fact of the one skill I was given 
for the 10,000 things I suck at, 97% of things that I suck at, like hanging this up. I think it's double-sided tape, but I would probably have problems hanging up these signs behind me. The fact that I was given the skill and the talent of sales, communicating, being okay to hear no, picking up the phone and asking, like I have no shame asking the barista at Starbucks to give me a follow on my YouTube page. None, zero doesn't even resonate with me why people would be scared to ask that, right? And so like that talent that I was given, I knew that I was always going to be in this industry. Tell me about the two and a half to three years. I want to do some quick math on the side. Um, how many days a week were, are you working or were you working in the two and a half to three year stints? Well, I mean, if you're at newspapers, I was 12 years old. And so aside from school, I went from school, soccer to newspapers. So get do do 10 hours 10 hours a day at 12 10 no 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 10 hours a week at 12 10 hours a week got it so let's say uh high school and beyond how many days a week are you working oh the f- six days a week six days a week six, how many hours a six, day 60 60 70 well go 60 70 hours a week okay so if we take three years we go 52 weeks a year times 60 hours a week times three years is 9,360 hours. That was my hypothesis is in the book Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell talks about it takes 10,000 hours. And uh, for those that are just listening, he held up uh, all five, all 10. Oh, I know the math. I know 10,000 hours. So it's almost like the way that you have worked, you got into something, you got into it long enough to master it. And then you moved on. 100%. Yes, exactly. And now what I haven't, like, I think the journey that I'm on now is to how, how can I develop other leaders? That's my, like, that's what I'm trying to master now. And I think that's going to take longer than 10,000 hours, in my opinion. Um, But I know the exact same book that you're um, referencing. I I love the author and I love the book itself as well. Um, But I I, like in sales, I'm upwards to like 50,000 hours now. Right. But with that said, I've also realized how much I still have to learn, even in sales. I got a 21-year-old protege with me. He's probably going to make it into the screen some way, somehow, because he's walking around making phone calls. And this kid is like, like the guy that, like, you know, he's my poster boy. I love him. Teaching him everything that I know. Spending, you know, those 60, 70 hours with him a week. And I still hear him on a phone call that say something that I haven't tried before and I've used it. And so what I'm trying to, I guess, really articulate to everyone is that once you've truly mastered something, you really come to realize how much you still have to learn. Mm. And how many years are you into working towards mastery of developing leaders? Three years. Okay. You mentioned the reticular activating system, which works when you have your own clarity that the world is filtered so that you see things you didn't see before. They were always in your environment, but you're able to see them now. What is the process you use to get your own clarity about business opportunities? If you're talking specifically about business, I actually think it starts more from a, a mindset and, and, and life perspective. And, and, and the way I start it, it always starts with gratitude for I start my day pretty much the same every single morning. Maybe if I had some vodka, too much vodka the night before, it shifts things the next morning. 
but it generally starts with gratitude and completely, completely loving myself in the morning and thanking. Now, for me, I have faith in, in, in someone above us. Like there's more than uh, uh, to this world than just like us three right now. And so for me, it's God. And, I, and, and for somebody else, it might be the universe. It might be whatever it might be. For me, it is God. And I thank God for everything that I've been given, starting with my family, the breath that I was given. Like I'm consistently and constantly kissing myself and telling myself how much I love myself because how can I love anybody before I have, before I actually love myself? I can't give you something that I haven't given myself yet. Fill your own cup before you start filling other people's. It's almost impossible to fill anyone else's if you haven't filled yours first. So for me, the process to your question starts with gratitude because the second you're grateful which i think so many of us have lost perspective and they get pissed off because I don't know, i'm saying starbucks because it's in like the in my in my peripheral right now outside my window but people get pissed off at the barista because they gave them soy milk instead of non-fat milk and they throws them off for the the rest of the day but yet we forgot about the 1.7 billion people that don't have access to running water and so for me, it starts with gratitude. And then, and then once I'm at that process, now I'm going to start to put out the vibrations of what I want for the rest of my day. Meaning I actually truly believe that the world is conspiring with me to get what I'm looking to get out of the day. So I want to, I know I want to help as many people and inspire as many people as possible. I just don't know how that's going to happen every single day, but I start my day thinking about it. Yeah. I love that. I, I have failed. I have failed for 40 years to take over the world. Then I'm going to wake up every morning trying to think that just like Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs, that myself and my team is going to take over the world. I failed for 40 years. Let's see how it works out tomorrow. <laughs> Jazz, I, I, uh, I want to make a little bit of a hypothesis here that one of your key influencers is Gary Vaynerchuk. 100%. I had him on my podcast not too long ago. Wow. Um, sat, sat with him um, in his office. He was um, great. Like he, was, he, was, he was great enough um, to allow myself and my crew to spend the rest of the day in his office. He told, uh, he told us to make ourselves at home. I told him I'm, in the, I'm, I'm, I'm from an area called Rexdale in the north part of uh, Toronto where we're not afraid to ask for stuff. I definitely made myself at home um, in his office. I poked around into almost every employee there it is head at his headquarters from a content perspective if there wasn't a gary v there wouldn't be a jazz and i'm just like i'm um, from a content perspective i wouldn't be producing content if he if he if he didn't if he wasn't doing it because i never knew i didn't know what the word podcast was i've never heard of the word podcast in my life until yeah. i heard it from him he made me do the deep dive into it he gave me a content guide as well um, that really put our, our, our business, our real estate business on steroids, which started to give me a lot more credibility. Wanted like you guys to have me on your podcast, which then gave me confidence to start the media company. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I've certainly uh, been following him for quite a while. Uh, I love a lot of the things he talks about, certainly around gratitude and perspective that you just talked about. That's what resonated with me. 
but uh, but I, I have to believe you're the first person I've ever met who seems to be executing on the game plan he repeats over and over and over again. And just people aren't aren't willing to do it, aren't willing to put in the work, aren't willing to produce the 15 pieces of content, aren't willing to do that type of stuff. So congratulations for that. But what was that key? What 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 triggered for you to be like, you know what? I am going to follow this playbook and I am going to ask to get him on my podcast and I am going to get what 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 drives that in you? Um. Well, I think I was definitely born with it. That's, I mean, I can't even hide that fact. Like, look, when you see your father and mother, like not having a, like they can't speak the English language. Like my mother told this day camp, my father knows a few words and stuff like that. Right. Like, but um, they worked so hard every single day, like a taxi driver. Not, not a lot of people know what you have to do to earn a living being a taxi driver. It's, hard my father worked 23 hours one day and worked and didn't work the next day but he was sleeping for 12 13 to catch up on the 23 hours no and i'm not exaggerating by saying 23 hours as a taxi driver you need to work 23 hours to make some type of living but then the next day you're sleeping he also had three sons that he gave some love like he gave love to like and and, and like i'm not here as a 40 year old saying my father never loved me in fact it's the other way around my mother as a factory worker for nine hours a day stood up they never gave her a chair to sit on or she can't she's gone like she can't hear out of um um one year fully the next year is like 50 percent ears down in terms of hearing because of the noise in the factory nobody ever told her to wear hearing aids she didn't know she came from india put in like didn't know that she needed to wear hearing aids so you saw them work i saw them work pinch pennies so the work ethic was always in me i knew if i wanted something i needed to actually put in the effort so that's dna stuff i'm talking about right um but i think that like like if i had to point to a catalyst it would probably been um this september of 2022 will be five years since my mentor and my 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 older brother and like was my business partner as well passed away tragically he Mm -hmm. he 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 walked into a restaurant and never walked back out um, till this day, we never know what happened um, in terms of he, he like he was literally shot in a restaurant, um, was not involved in anything that was like that deserved that. Um, but yet still nobody knows what happened. That was definitely a catalyst. Like, I mean, I knew he was also the face of the company. So there was this gaping hole that was left. And I was he gave me all the tools for 13 years. I knew I had. I had it in me, um, but I needed I needed something to be mine. And the and the word podcast from Gary B. Now looking back was obviously that because it gave me confidence. Because I like my partner who passed away was just a beautiful soul and was amazing on screen and was amazing on stage. People ate up anything he said. They just loved his style. It, well, that wasn't me. I was always, I'm a closer. I'm a salesperson. And so I never cared for all that other stuff. But when I heard the word podcast and I didn't need to be on camera, it gave me this, this outlet. It gave me, it gave me, it gave me something that I could feel comfortable with because for the 24 years before that, all I've ever done has been on sales calls. And so not that like, you know, nobody t- has ever told me I have the most sexiest sultry voice in the world but nobody on the flip side also said you have an ugly voice or it doesn't sound good so i had some confidence with a po- the word podcasting yeah. um but then over time now i need like there's two three cameras on right now i wish there were seven 
because now, you know, for everybody who's watching and listening, you, you, you don't need, you know, this is from Dr. Martin Luther King, right? You don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to see the first step. For me, the first step was podcasting. And then over time, I got more and more comfortable and got confident. Now I want more and more cameras on. Um, and so I understand if you're not comfortable with something now, just take that first step. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you very much for sharing that personal story. I, I, so to, to make, recap just for a second here so I grasp it, you know, when you guys started Royal LePage Signature, um, it was really you and your brother, your mentor, if, if I'm not mistaken. And you guys were growing this business together. A tragic moment happens, obviously, that shakes up your life. And I'm sure the lives of many others. And, you know, with that catalyst moment, you're now hearing this word podcast, you're hearing what Gary V has to say. And it sounds to me like you kind of said, all right, it's time for me to step up. I got to now be the face of this. I got to now take this and you kind of put your, your, your foot down and said, okay, I'm going to take all this stuff that I have, my DNA, this catalyst, and I'm going to go make it happen. Is that kind yeah. of a fair it's, recap? It's a hundred percent bang on the recap. Um, you know, there's, there was a lot of, a lot of definitely nights that I wasn't sure if I, I should be doing this. What the heck am I doing this for? It doesn't even make sense. I don't even understand the social media stuff. Like, what is this all about? And who actually, actually, like, who actually cares? Why does somebody want to listen to me? What does it really matter? But yet I just never gave up. I just never, something, the why, because I knew that I wasn't going to let the 13 years that we built some type of, like we built a, a good following, like just with our community, with events and stuff that we were doing. I wasn't just going to let that go by the wayside. And so um, that was really the why, but like there was definitely a lot of uh, sleepless nights uh, in that recap for sure. You know, you'd mentioned just a moment ago, why would somebody want to listen to me? And the first thing that crossed my mind is I'd love to hear your answer to that. What would be the top three things that you feel you have to give the world and the world could benefit from listening up? I think first and, like, first and foremost, I'm like really good looking. <laughs> so everybody who's taking their dog for a walk right now, go on my Instagram profile and check me out now. Um <laughs> I think the number, like number one, would be that like I'm 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 uh, uneducated from a formal perspective. Okay, so I don't have nothing past a high school education. Um, you said a couple of words. I was just chuckling to myself. I was like, man, if this guy ever asked me to spell these words, I would never know how to spell some of these words. Um, you know, I use sometimes words out of context. I have a little bit of a stutter, um, and and sometimes I have a lazy left eye that I was pretty much born with, couldn't get rid of. Um, I have I've done. I don't know, 30, 20,000 hours of video and webinars and stuff like that. But yet I'm born with sweaty hands. And so the, the number, the first thing I would say to somebody is that like, I'm just a regular guy. And, and yet I have found my passion and decided to go all in on that. And so I think whatever you have a passion in and that you like to do, I want to implore you as you're listening and watching right now to do that. So hopefully my story inspires you one way or another. Number two would be that I've never had anything figured out. Your listeners can't obviously see, but above my right shoulder, 
is a sign that says ready, fire, aim. So many of us have been taught to look before you leap or don't pull the trigger until you have your target lined up. I'm here to tell you in business, that shit doesn't work because you will fall into paralysis by analysis. And I'm sure there's been times in your life, listeners and viewers, that that has happened. But the best strategy that you can do is just pull the trigger as much as possible and figure it out and adjust along the way. And so the number third, the number three would be is, is that you cannot do this by yourself. You can do something small by yourself, but if you want to really touch a lot of people, you need to bring other guys and gals along the journey with you. And to do that, I find the best way to do that is to develop more leaders, which allows you to have more time to start to plot your next move. So if there's an if there's a, an art that you want to pick up on, it would be the art of delegation and leaving money on the table. Because that's why most people don't like to delegate is because they don't want to leave money on the table. But I think if uh, th those are three things in my story that I hope people catch on to. Yeah, that's did I articulate? Great. Did I articulate that well to you? That was wonderful. And uh, your number one you started with formally uneducated and you ended with follow your passion. And I think both of those may resonate with listeners who wish they, at one point they had a higher education level. And what you're saying is don't wish that wish that you understand your passion and go all in on it. What would be your advice to somebody on, they go, okay, got it. Jazz. How do I know what my passion is? I don't know what my passion is. How do I know what my passion is? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've figured that out yet. Um, but I think one thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question, um, because I, like I knew it for myself, so I want to be completely transparent with everybody. I never had to try to do the, the, the strategy that I'm going to suggest. You to never had to figure it out. Like You just I knew never, it. I just knew it. I sold the newspaper. The first newspaper I sold and I got paid, as I mentioned it to you guys, I was like, I'm selling newspapers forever. This is it. Like, that's it, mom, dad. Like, I'm done. I figured it all out. I figured out life. I'm going to sell newspapers forever. Like, that's what, that's how much I, I thought I figured out my life at that age, right? But at the end of the day, I continued with sales. What I would say to people with that question is try a bunch of things, right? Like, I always use the example, maybe because you, you can tell, the viewers can tell, I like food. So I'm always going to buffets. Where if you go to a buffet line, especially one that you've never, like a, a cuisine you've never tried. So let's say you never tried East Indian food, my, my type of food. And you got some butter chicken, you got goat meat. And these are the famous dishes, right? Butter chicken, goat meat, some dal, which is lentils. Um, um, you got rice and you got naans and all that stuff, right? And so if you've never eaten it, the best thing to probably do the first time you go to that line is take a little bit of everything. Just a little bit. Don't fill up your plate with all of it. Just a little bit of everything to see what you might like as the second plate. And then you realize you hate the lentils, but you love the, the goat meat and you hate the butter chicken. Great. The next time you go, you take a little bit more goat meat. You take a little bit more yogurt, maybe some salad. And so what, I, what I'm trying to articulate again is, is try a lot of stuff. 
try sales, try podcasting, try cooking, try uh, 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 doing graphics, try being a videographer. And then whatever you like, then go like to, to, to my point earlier about not being educated. I hope people caught on the fact that I said not formally educated. I am very educated in sales, not only because of my experience, because I've divulged every book in like hard copy and audiobook format that is known to man when it comes to sales. Right. So I did educate myself. I have studied business like in the in the book format as well as experience. And so if you find that you love being a cinematographer slash videographer, I want you to read every book, watch every YouTube video, spend. Like that's what every, see, when you find your passion, it's not going to feel like work. So if you find that, that you love be, wanting to be a videographer, chances are you're not going to have a hard time getting up really early in the morning and watching a video on how to be a better videographer. You're probably going to have a very tough time going to sleep because all you want to do is watch another video on how to be a better videographer. So that's why it's so important in my eyes, because in my eyes to find your passion first, because the extra work that is needed to do something special will never feel like work to you. It will be like you're just living your hobby. In fact, most people won't even know the difference, like know when you're working and you're playing. And sometimes you might not even, like, am I working right now? Like, am I, like, you know, like, like literally the time that I'm, like, for me, I can do this for hours and you're not paying me either. I don't care because I love it so much, right? And so the question of how do I find my passion, if you don't already know, is try a lot of things. But I think, you know, sitting with somebody literally in this chair yesterday, right across, like there's a, a set of couches in front of me here. And the gentleman was 60 years old. And he's like, I'm running out of time. It's why I need to do, like he was talking about investing in real estate. And I got to do this fast and I love doing it. I was like, look, man, I don't got a blue magic pill for you like Matrix and tell you that you can invest in a couple of properties here and make a couple of million bucks. In fact, it's probably going to take you 20 years to really build out the portfolio. And in fact, I want you to be prepared for that. And he's like, Jazz, I'm going to be 80. I was like, yeah, but like if you look back from you're 60 now, if you look back to being 30, so 30 years ago, like a lot has happened in your life. And it, like I know it's, it, it's gone by quickly, but it's still a pretty long time. 30 years. And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, I think it's safe to say you got another 30 years left in you. So like, you, you know, again, going back to perspective, we kind of lost that, right? Like, and, 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 and the fact that we want things so quickly, maybe it's because on Instagram, you put up a post or on TikTok and you get a like right away. We get that instant gratification. We're used to that now, but finding your passion might take you a year, might take you two years right? It's a matter of trying. And it's really the only way that I've kind of ever talk about and, and suggest to people because I don't have maybe the right answer to it yet. But for me, it's just a matter of trying a lot of different things, seeing what you might like, and then pushing all those chips in and going all in. I love your answer of just like at a buffet, try a bunch of things and see what you want seconds and thirds on. But I've got to ask a question that might be really risky if you're in for it. And you may have to expose people by name. Got it. So who in the world do you know who doesn't like butter chicken? Butter <laughs> chicken is amazing. Let me ask, hey, Stephen, do you like butter chicken? Okay, he, so I was hoping he was going to say no, so I can't call him out. He yeah, everybody like likes butter, butter chicken, yes. Jazz. So I'm like, hang on, my videographer on the other side of the screen, I don't think he's tried, but have you had butter chicken? 
<laughs> no, he's never had butter chicken, so I'm going to take him out in a couple of days. Yeah, I agree with you. You you have to. There has to be something wrong with you if you don't like butter chicken. I agree. <laughs> so so Jazz, I'd hate to go through this whole conversation with you, knowing that you spent your entire life trying to master sales, and not take the same question Rich asked you, but extend it straight to sales. What are three keys? Maybe four or five if you want to go that far. But what are some really keys to sales success based on all the years of learning about sales tips for success? 50,000 hours. Yeah. Um, for uh, Number one, follow-up. Number one, following up. Um, because I think it doesn't matter if it's selling a microphone, cars, real estate, insurance, media services, most, it's safe to say 95% of the time, the prospect's going to say no the first time they're asked, or they're going to say not yet, that they're not ready. And so your job as a salesperson is to be a, a, a machine when it comes into following up. And there's a skill to it. There's an art to it. There's a way of doing it where you're not being pushy sleazy or just being someone that's bothering the pot prospect and the best way for that I have found and I've done this for tw- not the full 27 years call it for 20 of those 27 years is when I probably picked up on it and it's by simply asking if it's okay if you follow up so when I ask Stephen, Stephen, are you ready to, are, to, are you thinking about uh, possibly creating uh, wealth in real estate right now by investing in real estate through what we think is the best way to invest in real estate, which is the buy and hold strategy? And Stephen says, no. That's awesome, Stephen. Just out of curiosity, would you be okay if I follow up with you in the next two to three months, maybe by email or phone call, um, an invite to one of our live events? And if he says no, that's perfectly fine. 95% of the time, he's going to say, yeah, sure, follow up with me. Now, that's where 95% of salespeople drop off. They never call him again, ever. They just forget. Because now, Stephen, because he said no, it's not the, 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 the quickest sale for them, right? And so following up is number one. You have to be diligent when it comes to following up. Number two would be, would be sorting and not convincing. Meaning, don't convince, try to convince people to do business with you. Just sort to see if they're ready now, if they're ready in the next six months from now to a year. Or the third bucket that I put people in when it comes to my sorting, not convincing conversation is the delete button. Because we've all gotten Mickey Mouse at Hotmail.com or 1-800, the number doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And yep. so um, that's okay. Don't spend any time with people who don't want to talk to you. Or if they can't give you your, their name, which we run it, like, wait, you want to you talk to me about doing business with me, but I can't get your first name? That's okay. It's okay. They're, 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 in Toronto, there's 6.6 million people. I want all of them as customers. I'm just never going to get around to all of them, right? And so it's okay if you just sort and you don't convince. In 2022, my number three tip, would be create educational content. Not call me for more information. Look what I just sold. 
listen to my testimonial from my client and all that stuff, the three things that I just spoke about, is okay to put in your content, but that should be like 10% of your content. So one out of every 10 posts, one out of 10 podcasts that you do, because 90% of it should be educational. Educate your consumer about everything with, that they need to know about your product or service so they can feel like they made an informed quality decision themselves. And at the surface, most of us understand this, that when we walk into a store where they're selling shoes and the shoe salesperson says, "How can I help you? Human nature is to say no, because it's the path of least resistance. So none of us like to be pushed to buy anything. So why not go to the other extent of that and give all the information up front for free? So then when the client is ready, the customer is ready, they go back to the person that they deem as the trusted authority. That would be my three things. And that's exactly why the barista who follows your YouTube page 10 years from now, when she buys a house, we'll be calling you guys. I, I think so. I think, I think, you know, doing this now for um, coming up to four years, I've got enough feedback in the thousands now that people it's resonating with people. And so, you know, sometimes I put out a video and I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to go viral. And you get like two views on it. Or then sometimes I put out a video and I was like, ah, this video sucks. Nobody's going to want to watch this. But they felt that it was valuable, right? And then they get shared 300 shares or something. So, you know what I mean? So um, we got enough. Uh, and, and personally, I've got enough uh, feedback that that the fact that, look, I I said one out of 10. I'm probably closer. I And I'm. We, like I'm really thinking this one through because I I, I want to make sure if somebody calls me out, I'm right. I think like one out of every 80 posts of mine have ever said DM me or call me. Yeah. Because yeah. my intent is I don't care if you ever call me. Yeah. I, I, like I just don't care because I know someone else will. Like I'll get the business at some point, maybe not from that person. So I went to the extreme of just telling everybody everything. Here's how you sell your own home. I wrote a book. It's called Real yeah. Estate Intelligence. It's not like for sale. I don't sell it. It's literally, I give it away for free to everybody. In the book, there's a section that's, I don't know, 20, 30 pages that talks about how to sell your own own home without a real estate agent. I start the thing by saying, you don't need me. Here's some reasons why you might want to use a real estate agent, but by law, you don't need an agent. In fact, let me tell you everything that I do so you could do it on your own. Yeah, I love that. So, Jazz, along the lines of that book, in terms of where people can learn more <coughs> about what you're doing and what content you're providing, how else can our audience get more of Jazz? You know, to get into my world as it's known, kind of Jazz's world, um, I think the best way to do that is just 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 Google my name, first name Jazz, J-A-S, last name Takar, T-A-K-H-A-R, and um, you, can, you can make a decision on how you actually want to consume me. If you do think I'm good looking and you want to see more videos of me, go to my YouTube page and go to Instagram. If you want to see some images and some, that's how you learn, like infographs and all that kind of stuff, you can find that on some, uh, on some of my platforms. But if you just want to hear my voice, I got a podcast as well. And if you want to read a blog, you can catch that on my website as well. So I, I try to, again, completely follow that Gary V content model and I let you make a decision on how you want to consume me, video, audio, or the written word. 
Awesome. Well, really appreciate you giving to everybody in terms of content and information, uh, taking this information from you today, I think is, is great. Love your keys to success. Love your sales tips and keys. Love you sharing your story too, of really that, that grind, that DNA that you build with, and also the catalyst sometimes in life we all need to kind of push us and drive us further. Uh, Jazz, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. I, pre I really, really appreciated being hosted by you guys. You guys rock, man. Please stick around for a few more minutes while Rich and I break down this episode. Rich, tons of energy, tons of drive. And, and I said it to him in this episode, uh, this is the first person I've ever met that has followed a recipe that Gary Vaynerchuk has been talking about for years, which is go get it, make it happen, drive, create content, give content, start with gratitude, have perspective, follow your passion. Uh, so really impressed with what Jazz has done and, and the catalyst that he shared with us about his brother uh, passing and really putting him to the forefront of, look, I got to go now. It's time for me to step up uh, was really heartfelt and, and, and a good side of you know learning a little bit more about Jazz as a person and what he's doing. So really impressed with just his drive, really his drive to succeed and build something of significance. Well, he obviously follows the three keys that he gave. He follows yeah. his passion. He does ready, fire, aim, which was funny. You and I uh, kind of smirked at each other when he said that because we were like, yeah, we've used that too. He had a poster. I've never seen a poster of it. He clearly follows that. And then he also follows that you can't do it by yourself. I, I didn't know he had three cameras going on him until he said it. And he's referencing, I mean, there were probably five, four or five people in the room. He's clearly not doing it by himself. Like, boy, does he lean into that? Follow your passion. Just go do it. Ready, fire, aim. It doesn't need to be perfect. And don't do it by yourself while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it feeds back to what he's learned about creating sales success is that he needs to create and give content and become an expert in his industry. By becoming an expert in his industry, I'm sure he gets called on for articles, for newspapers, for interviews on TV, for all a whole bunch of other things. And that's how people remember him. I mean, I, I just love the story of I have no problem asking the barista at Starbucks to follow me on YouTube because that barista at Starbucks is one day going to buy a home. And if she's following me on YouTube, I'm going to be the expert she's going to want to rely on. But even a step further, writing a book to tell people how they can buy homes without using a realtor, and I'm going to share all this expertise with you, is a little bit of a Jedi mind trick because we know people are lazy. They're not going to sell their own homes. They're going to hire the expert that they perceive as the expert in that space to represent them. So really love the fact that he's just giving, asking as well, asking for follow-up, asking people to join him, asking, you know, he's very aggressive in his sales stance in terms of, look, I want you to follow me. I want you to be there. I'm going to ask for the order. I'm going to ask for the follow-up, but on the same token, very willing to just give and become an expert in his industry. And put out the educational content up front. And he makes a good point. Somebody comes in as a salesperson and they make a pitch and they talk about all the reasons why to use them. And then they ask for the order. It's like, but, but you had to engage and everybody had to take time together to be able to do that. Why don't you just yeah. give them all that information up front? So by yeah. the time they come to you, like they basically have already purchased you. They have, they're confident in their decision to use you. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll bring one last piece because this is something that I remember you doing sales training for our teams way back, you know, 25 years ago. And just talking about 95% of the people are going to say no. Yeah, right. And and I remember you talking about that as well. But the difference between a great sales rep and a not great sales rep 
is they expect the no 95% of the time and they use that as, okay, now we can start the conversation. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and they try and, you know, engage that prospect in a future conversation to continue to stay front of mind, uh, ask for that follow-up like you would ask, because 95% will allow you to follow up with them if done in a classy professional manner. And then you continue to educate them, continue to build that reputation, that rapport, that eventually can lead to the sale, right? So I love that it resonated back to me to when you were giving sales training to our teams, you know, 25 years ago, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and you're right. It's uh, every no gets you closer to a yes. So the more you can get in the frame of mind, oh, I just got a no. Okay, cool. So I must be closer to a yes. And then using the concept that Jazz recommended to just sort people. If they say no, that just means not now. But yes, eventually, you may, there's a reason to delete people and put them in that sorting bucket as well. 